Hello everyone, welcome to Enjoy the Book of Life. Today we're going to look at a character. Now, we're looking at Jeroboam today, and uh, he he's a major player in the Bible. However, he, he's not going to be found in any children's storybook Bible stories. And, and so I, I feel like even though he's, he's a major player, um, because of where he sits in history um, and, and kind of the stories that surround him, he's, he's not one of those key figures. So can you give us a little bit of context? Who is Jeroboam and, and where does he fit? In, in the broad scheme of things. Right, well, um, after the United Kingdom, 40 years with Saul, 40 years with David, 40 years with Solomon, uh, as Solomon was uh, administering his kingdom, there was a servant of his, a capable man who was given responsibility over uh, some of the labor forces, especially north of Jerusalem, up in the land of Ephraim. And uh, he was uh, so capable that Solomon became nervous. Mm. He seemed to be the kind of man who could steal away uh, the loyalty of people. And so mm. he uh, actually chased him down to Egypt. And he remained there through the remainder of Solomon's reign. When Solomon died and Rehoboam, his son, foolishly threatened the people that if they thought Solomon's um, taxation program was heavy, wait till you see mine. Yeah. And they said, well, we're out of here. And so they recalled Jeroboam. Hmm. And uh, he uh, tore away, the scripture uses the phrase, uh, ten tribes, and formed the northern kingdom of Israel. And uh, there's a sentence here in First Kings 11 that says, Then Solomon's servant, Jeroboam the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite from Zerida, whose mother's name was Zeruah, which means leprous, hmm. <laughs> a widow, also rebelled against the king. Hmm. And so um, this was the dividing of, of the nation into two parts, uh, Israel and Judah. And uh, Jeroboam then becomes the standard of evil. Yeah. Uh, throughout the history. People, the kings either walked in the ways of their father David or they uh, committed the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. It's not simply that it was an act of sin. It was an encouragement to other people to sin. He caused Israel to sin. Yeah. And so <clears throat> those who, who instigated idolatry, who encouraged people to turn away from the Lord, they're always measured up against Jeroboam, wow. who it says did wick more wickedly than anyone before him. Wow, wow, and and just that I, I think serves as a warning. This idea that he caused Israel to sin, that he's held responsible um, for the sin of of someone else. Right, yeah. and although our subject is going to uh, uh, take a dark dark turn in a moment, I I would tell the story that when I was a boy. Um, I had an older sister, and we just had one bathroom in the house, and uh, she would, in my mind, take inordinately uh, long periods of time to uh, uh, fix her hair and so on. And um, I only had one thing in mind, and I needed to use that room. And, <laughs> and so uh, uh, eventually I would cross the line of my patience, which sometimes was quite short, 
And um, in those days, we had all wood flooring. We didn't have carpeting. Yeah. And my mother had a, a mop to dust with. And I would go and get the mop, and I would place the fuzzy end up against the door uh, in such a way that when my sister opened the door, the mop would kiss her on the way by. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she would begin to chase me through the house. And uh, my father would hear the ruckus, and knowing the source of it, would call me into his office, and he would give me the message again. The uh, It was Sermon 23b, which mm -hmm. was, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that caused Israel to sin. And he would explain that I was not only responsible for my sin, mm. but also responsible for initiating sin in my sister. Mm. Yeah. So uh, this this was uh, something that was very uh, near and dear to my heart uh, through, my, <laughs> through my childhood. Yeah, it, but it's a good, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a, a, a lesson that was taught in a childlike state but it, right. it rings true even to the point of Jeroboam who, who leads a whole nation into right. idolatry not that they weren't responsible too right but that God traces the sin back to its source yeah yeah, yeah. Um, now I think one of the reasons why Jeroboam is often left off as as one of these kind of top tier Bible characters that everyone knows is you know we all know Saul and and then David and then Solomon and then it's like and then the kings right right and he just kind of gets lumped into there but seeing how in, uh, influential he was in the splitting of the kingdom right and, and how basically from Solomon uh, up till the end uh, or into captivity you have this divided kingdom and, and how much of Israel's history is this divided kingdom and we could trace that back uh, to Jeroboam right so uh, recently you've seen a new connection with Jeroboam uh, could you share a little right. bit about that I think really we do have pictured in the Old Testament very often when people look at typology they think quite linearly and say, well, does it picture Christ? If not, not terribly interested, right? Mm. Whereas we do have people like Abraham, who's a picture of God the Father, yeah. and uh, Sarah, who's a picture of believing Israel. Um, we have uh, other pictures other than the Lord Jesus. And mm -hmm. I think Jeroboam, in many ways, reminds us of the archfiend, the devil himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've come up with a, a list of characteristics that seem to point us in that direction. And the first thing is uh, the, the meaning of his name. It means the people contend. Hmm. It's this idea of uh, rebelliousness, of insurrection. And we know that um, the devil, who's called the ruler of this world and the god of this age, uh, this is his specialty in stirring up a rebellious spirit against God. Hmm. And all sin can be traced back to that, right? Yeah. So that that uh, his original sin, the sin of pride, is at the root of every sin. Mm -hmm. Every sin says, not thy will, but mine be done. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he, he is the instigator of that whole line of rebellion. And so Jeroboam is the first illegitimate king in in uh, the land of Israel. Yeah, right. Because right. Saul even is anointed king, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And and of course from him there's this long line of pretenders to the throne. None of the kings of Israel were legitimate kings. Yeah. Right. 
So, so right starting off with his name, and I like that you talked about this idea of typology. Um, we see it uh, specifically with the devil again with Pharaoh. Um, we see that, you know, even in Hebrews 2, uh, 14, 15, right, that Jesus would destroy him who had the power of death. Mm -hmm. That is the devil and deliver us right. from bondage. And so right. we see that with, with Pharaoh. Uh, and then here again uh, with Jeroboam. Usually Pharaoh's kind of the the one that sticks out, but but um, right. with Jeroboam as well here. Right. So you do have um, these enemies of God's people, and Egypt is traditionally considered a picture of the world. Right. Uh, right. Whereas um, uh, you have the very fat King Eglon and all of his lusty men, as they're called. Uh, a picture of the flesh, yeah, right, and uh, so uh, here we have this picture of the of the devil, and yeah. uh, so I yeah I think it's important for us to uh, understand that in typology um, it won't exactly fit. If yeah. it fits at every point, it's not a type; it's the thing itself. Right, right, right. And it's so the thing. Yeah. Uh, there there are things about Jeroboam. That won't exactly fit, right? But there are a lot of characteristics that point in that direction. Yeah. What were some of the other characteristics that you found? Well, um, at first he did the Lord's bidding, hmm. right? In fact, a prophet announced that he was going to do this, and that it was actually a matter of God's honor and fulfilling His word and a judgment because of the wickedness of the people, hmm. and so uh, initially. Satan was Lucifer. He was a servant of God, hmm. and he did he did the Lord's bidding. Um, this idea of light bringer or uh, the cherub that covers his responsibility, um, and that's what makes his sin so daring. Yeah. that he went from the highest place to the lowest place in hmm. in, in, a, in a hurry, and so um, Jeroboam should have um, when he saw the dangers that the people might turn away and, and go back uh, to submit to Rehoboam, uh, instead of seeking the Lord, uh, he yeah. used his own uh, rebellious tactics to essentially build the, the Iron Curtain to keep people mm -hmm. from, from heading south. And he, he blocked true worship, and then we know the story, how he initiated his own system. Uh, and that's, uh, that's this, I will, I will, I will, of Satan, you can see it very much in the spirit of Jeroboam. Yeah, yeah, it puts up the two golden calves, one at the yeah. south end and one at the north. Right, and I think that's another characteristic uh, of the devil, right? Uh, extremes, so to speak. Uh, Bethel and, and Dan are the extremes, and the, the form of worship that he developed expresses this. So he decided a different time a different way, a different object of worship, a different, his own man-made priesthood, um, that he took the basest of the people and made right. them priests, yeah. rejected the, the official priesthood, drove the priests and Levites out of the north. And, uh, and so his, his form of worship uh, was not simply, um, what shall we say, uh, a, another legitimate alternative. It was demonic. Be behind yeah. these uh, images were demon beings that that called the people into 
uh, not simply idolatry, but into uh, being in league with the devil himself. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, one one thing I, I thought of thinking through this topic was um, the danger talked about in Second Timothy two twenty six. Uh, Paul is exhorting Timothy uh, to rebuke people humbly uh, because so that they might repent and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Hmm. And and we see this in Jeroboam, uh, that he, uh, in this typology, we see him doing the things that we see the devil doing. But this idea hmm. that people can fall into the same snare and end up doing his bidding, doing the will of the devil. Yeah. And likewise, salvation is described, for example, in, in the Thessalonian situation, you turn to God from idols right. to serve the living and true God. Mm. And so the devil, um, it's not simply that he calls us to a different form of worship. Uh, behind it all is his own self. I will set my throne above the heavens. I will be as, as God. And the conclusion of that process, of course, is um, the Antichrist putting himself above God, being worshipped as God, and and that's always been the devil's mind to mm. to take away the worship that rightly belongs to the Lord for Himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have this uh, at least uh, ten or twelve times. Uh, they persisted in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat. They this became a a, a measure of evil uh, that they they aligned themselves with this form of idolatrous worship in opposition to God. Yeah, mm -hmm. well. So his first great act was rebelling against the king. His second great act was dividing the people of God. Mm. His third great act was establishing false worship, false religion. Well, so... What a checklist. Looks looks pretty familiar. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and so he's still he's still in that business. Yeah. He's still dividing God's people. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's still uh drawing people away into any any other form of worship rather than the true worship of God. And he's still at heart the rebel who who can't stand it when people worship the Lord. Mm. He's it reminds me of the uh, sayings of the Lord Jesus in John eight when he he accuses them and says, "You're you're of your father the devil, not Abraham the devil, because this is what he did and this is what you're doing, yeah. right? And the, the works, his works are your works, mm -hmm. and and just seeing that that similarity here, yeah, yeah. A, a liar and a murderer, the, those yeah. characterized him, and sadly in our society today we see. The, the rise of suicide, mm. which is the nexus of those two misbehaviors, right? And so the lies, you know, everybody would be better off without me. Uh, my, no one appreciates me. I have no reason to carry on. All of these are the devil's lies yeah. and lead ultimately to um, the, the horrible end that uh, the people lose all hope. Yeah, you know? yeah, so... Yeah. Um, another thing that I noticed um, is, and, and this is, I think, an important idea that that uh, 
is outlined for us in, in the story of Jeroboam. He's not omniscient, right? His son gets sick and right. he doesn't know if he's going to die. Mm. And uh, I think it's important for people a lot of times uh, think that the devil is sort of the equal and opposite to God, right? right? He's the head of the black team. And, and so... Uh, the prince of darkness, the god of this world. So they think there's some sort of equality there. And so um, does the devil know what I'm thinking, right? Uh, the, the devil did this to me. The devil attacked me. Well, the devil is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient, and he's certainly not omnipotent. Mm -hmm. And so we, we need to lay hold of that idea because otherwise... Um, if we don't remember greater is he that is in us than he yeah. that's in the world, yeah. um, and that the strong man armed is defeated by the one who's stronger than he, which is the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus said, you know, we sometimes uh, joke around, I, I, could, I could beat him with one arm tied behind my back. Jesus says, I can cast out demons with one finger. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and in the end, he's going to destroy his enemy just with the breath of his nostrils. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, the one who delivers us is so much greater mm -hmm. than the devil. And we should never forget that. And it's good to see that if this man is in some way picturing the devil to see his limitations right. as yeah. well. Yeah. He's, we're no match for him. And right. that's always a good thing to remember, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I was going out as a young man, sometimes uh, my father would say, be careful now, son. And in my cocky youth, I'd say, what, what's the matter, Dad? Don't you trust me? And he'd say, oh, I trust you, son. I just don't trust that old devil. Yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, we, we shouldn't ever think that we are a match for him. Yeah. Uh, we resist him steadfast in the faith. Yeah. It's our faith in God that gives us the ability to resist the devil, not, not the arm of flesh. Right, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I just seen that balance, that balance there, to to see his limitations, God's uh, ability, uh, but also my dependence on on God for that. Right. Yeah, and of course this uh, brings up a little si side trip here. But um, John tells us that there are many antichrists, and the spirit of antichrist already works. Yeah, because the devil doesn't know God's time. Right. And so he always has someone in the wings ready, but this is a human being, and eventually they die, but he has someone else ready, yeah. and he keeps feeding these antichrists. So the old-time uh, preachers, you know, they used to say, well, Mussolini was the antichrist or whatever. Well, mm -hmm. he was antichrist, but mm -hmm. he wasn't the antichrist. Mm -hmm. There were many antichrists, but then there would be one who will be supernaturally empowered by the devil and take that position of the Antichrist. Yeah. But because yeah. the devil does not know God's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Any other connections that you see between Jeroboam in this typology? Um, I think it's important to realize that the devil is not simply trying to destroy God's kingdom. He's trying to build his own. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Jesus talks about him, the strong man arm, keeping his palace, and how the church um, is in a battle against the gates of hell. Right. But right. it's not that the devil's running around with the gates attacking the church. Right. It's that yeah. the church 
She's on the storming the ramparts yeah, yeah. of the gates of hell. And so, uh, you know, my friend Anil, when they were building a new um, Hindu temple in the Chicagoland area, while it was under construction, he went into it, went into every room, every nook and cranny, and claimed it for the Lord. Because he said, there's there's a day coming when I won't be able to get in here, but I, I'm going to get in now yeah. while it's under construction because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Every Muslim temple, every Buddhist shrine, every Catholic church, wherever it is, it all belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, the devil, when he tempted the Lord, he tempted him with the glory of the kingdoms of the earth. Because he, as the usurper, had laid claim to them because the people of Israel uh, submitted to Jeroboam's false religion. They effectively removed themselves from the the kingdom of God Mm. and put themselves under this false religion. It didn't change the fact that it was all the Lord's. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, eventually, under good King Hezekiah, for example, he sent out his runners, and they sent the message all the way from Dan to Beersheba and said, come to Jerusalem, right? Some mocked, but many responded in faith. Yeah. And so um, when the Lord Jesus sent his disciples out and said, go into all the world, he wasn't sending them into foreign territory. This was all his, Right to the yeah. farthest creature and the farthest island, it's all his. Mm. But the enemy has usurped authority. And and so uh, we, we shouldn't simply think that the devil is fighting a rearguard action trying to defeat his kingdom. He's trying to establish his own kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and in the end, of course, he he's going to be defeated. And that's really interesting to see how Jeroboam was taken down because it's very similar to the devil. So uh, we read in um, 2 Chronicles 13, 20, um, he was defeated in battle, uh, and he never recovered his strength, it says. Hmm. But he lived on, and then eventually he was stricken by the Lord. So the, the battle against the devil focuses on, first of all, on Calvary, where the fulfillment of the prophecy that he would bruise the serpent's head. Um, and so the devil is a defeated foe. Yeah. But yeah. he still has his skirmishes. Eventually, he's going to be judged and cast out, and yeah. God's going to deal with him. Hmm. Um, but there's this period of time uh, in which he's lost much of his strength. He doesn't have the same ability now. Um, but at the same time, um, we, we live in the good of the fact that, that he's a defeated foe. Yeah. And yeah. we have this interesting uh, juxtaposition of uh, the Lord Jesus saying that through Calvary, he took away all his armor in which he trusted. And then he gave us a complete set of armor. The only two references to panoply the complete set of armor, yeah. where he took it away from him and he gave us a complete set of army, so armor. So it's an entirely lopsided, you talk about asymmetrical warfare, this yeah. is it. 
And again, we shouldn't underestimate the enemy, right, right. but we should realize that he is a defeated foe. He's been knocked from his horse, and uh, and he's not never going to regain his full strength again. Yeah, that's a it's a good uh, conclusion there with with the look at these these two and the and the typology. Yeah. Now, uh, when you were doing this study, mm -hmm. uh, th th this was a new connection. This was just a, a couple weeks ago where you were yes. excitedly yeah. uh, sharing this with me for the first time. Right. And, and I think that's important. Um, just, uh, you know, on the, on the podcast, we talk about continually not just spending time in your devotions, but continually spending time in, in Bible study. Right. And I think that's, it's just a good testimony uh, saying, that, you know, these are fresh, new The richness of studies. the Word, yeah. yeah. And you see all these characteristics, and after a while they pile up. Like, he, he, he fights against the Messianic line. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. This, is, this wasn't just any old king that he was fighting against. Rehoboam was a weak king, but he, he was in the Messianic line. And the devil has been constantly attacking the Messianic line, as we see uh, time and time again through Pharaoh, right, through Athaliah, uh, through Adolf Hitler. And right now, the, this from the river yep. to the sea, you know, the yep. annihilation of Israel, behind it all is the devil yep. at work, right? And Jeroboam is is really the first one who gathers forces together to attack the messianic, messianic line and uh, uh then also uh we read there was constant war constant conflict he never stops fighting hmm. you know wow. and, and that's why we have to always be on guard yeah um, it only took one evening uh, david with his armor off when kings go forth to war, he decided to stay home, and he was caught with his armor off. And we know what happened, right? Yeah, so yeah. the enemy is always looking for an opportunity. This is not a, the Christian life is not a picnic. It's not a party. It's a war. It's a battle. Yeah. And we are the battlefield, and uh, we need to uh, be aware of that. So, yeah, when you look at the names of the devil, the adversary, um, the accuser, the brethren, all of these titles that are used of him, the God of this world, and so on. Wow, they really line up pretty well with his fellow Jeroboam. Yeah, yeah. Now, how did you find yourself in this uh, area of the scriptures? Why, why were you studying here in Kings? Oh, well, um, I'm, I'm going through a, a devotional commentary on the whole Bible, and I'd made it through almost to the end of Second Chronicles. Yeah. So that's about a third of the way. And this is something that other people can read as it comes out. Right. And now, how, right. How, how can uh, someone... Well, it's called Taste and this. See. You, I think you can get it sent as an email. Yep. Uh, you can listen to it as a podcast, or you can uh, read it on um, Uplook's Facebook page. Uh, it's available, uh, I think, five days a week. Yeah. It comes out Monday to Friday. Yeah, it, it's it's real convenient. I, I I like doing the email. I, I read it pretty quickly, and so um, but it's there each morning when I wake up. Um, so all you do is you go to Uplook and you plug in your email, and you'll get one the next day. Mm -hmm. um, so really good resource. Uh, again, something uh, if you find yourself on your phone in the morning, it's a good first thing to to gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. So very good. So it's not intended to be an exhaustive 
scholarly study like what the Bible teaches. Uh, it's intended to take two to three minutes max each day, mm -hmm. but to think through uh, some of the issues, to, uh, to have something practical to apply and something that's Christ honoring. That's, yeah. Those are kind of my three objectives in, in going through uh, the scripture. Oh, good. And, and we'll make sure to put uh, a link in, in the description below. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Very, very uh, nice side-by-side. Um, uh, -side. Um, not necessarily nice as in when we think about the typology of the Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. but very instructive, very helpful to see those, um, those different connections uh, for our own study, uh, but then also for uh, application as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. All right. Thank you.